therefore we have come with open arms to receive from you speak to our situation Lord speak to our situation for anyone who is depressed anyone who is down Father let there be a lifting for anyone who is full of pride let there be oh God a humbling for anyone who is lost let there be direction for everyone oh God who is confused let there be clarity where darkness abound let light shine through Father this morning let your voice be clear may we hear you speak into our lives that it will there will not be any doubt that there will not be any ambiguity speak father unto your children sweet holy spirit convict us work in us father for every single person here who is seeking you may they find you in your word this morning let the tears stop let wisdom be found in place of folly. Father, let enlightenment come where there is blindness. Let our lives, oh God, be changed and transformed by you only. For it is in you that transformation is found and transformation is permanent. Father, speak to us. Let my words not be words of men. I empty myself and I make myself a vessel for use this morning. Let me speak the oracles of Yahweh. That the, 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 the hearts of men may be satisfied this morning. Let anyone who has come in empty before and let there be an overflow. I thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for visiting us this morning, doing us a great thing. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Why don't you take your seat, wonderful people? Give the Lord a shout! of you been around we've been talking about truth and approaching God in truth and this semester we say that we are talking about dominating we are dominating I don't know the, which English to use it, whether it is by truth or in truth but I would, I, would, I would get it right whether by or in but in all things there will be domination and there will be truth amen and so Last, we've looked at two stories in the Bible already, all concerning truth. This is, um, we looked at the Jesus's or the Samaritan woman's encounter with Jesus in John chapter 4. And we have, we've looked at um, Jesus's or the, the, the Jews who believe 
they are also the encounter with Jesus in John chapter 8. And we want to now go to John chapter 3. And we want to look at a very common and popular story, the story of Nicodemus. And we are going to tie it in a truth. I just want us to have practical example, like as we go through these things that we can relate to. Amen. So, can I read? I may cut the story short a bit, but it says that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most surely I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who comes down from heaven. This is the son. This is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. I'll read up to 17 that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, I have four, but let me read. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is a whole passage. I mean, there are many aspects that you can take from it. But I'm not going to go into the nitty gritties of this parable. But to just let you know that this was another man who had an encounter with Jesus. And you know, in a way, I, I pity Nicodemus because 
Nicodemus has always been portrayed as a person who did not have courage. You know, so there's even a term coming Nicodemus. That means that sneaking in when no one sees you. By his actions, there's an English word named after him, like coming, I don't know if they will say in an ato fashion or in an ato manner. You understand? Because of something that you did. And his crime or what we use against is that he was not brave enough to come to Jesus. So he came in the night. You understand? And so we say that, oh, he crept in Nicodemusly. It is even associated, it is like you don't even want to be seen. It's associated with darkness and having done the wrong thing and trying to creep into something. But I, 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 I also understand Nicodemus. It is not easy to, to take the side of truth when everyone is against you. Because for some of you, even if you are in a place and they say, let us vote, and you see that the first people, many people have voted, if you are going to vote against you, you will not vote. You will abstain so that they will see that you, you are not you are just there because you don't want to lift your hand for people to see that you are for so even when they say let us vote you look around to see then you join the people but you criticize Nicodemus so easily that Nicodemus did not have courage but how many of us in the midst of every people not moving in one direction can get up and say no me I'm going in that direction Many of us, we will not do it. Lest we become unpopular. Lest people look at us and we. You see? But, you see, but I, I applaud Nicodemus. Even if he went to Jesus at night, he still went to Jesus. He still went and because he wanted an encounter with Jesus. And he wanted an encounter with the truth. I believe that Yes, he, he, he may have snuck in because of the outside pressures. But the outside pressures, they are real. How many of you are doing things and you are looking around to see if somebody has seen you? Like when you are coming to church. You look if people are seeing that you are entering the church. You look to see how many people are there to see you carry your Bible. That's why you don't carry Bible. On your line. If they say, let's go and stand and let us share tracks, we'll be looking at my cosmic. When you see your cosmic, now you just sit and see, yes, you are just, you are just sitting on the bench. That's when they say, you are doing word on the street, you never go and hold a placard. Oh, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, they say, don't press, you may not, or you say, you are doing, uh, what do you the, the one that you walk, that prayer walk. Uh, that one is in the night so people don't see you. Just like Nicodemus. They say you are going to pray at Casper Field right now. Some of you say, hey, but the light, let's wait six. Because when you are walking by that, you see people there but they don't know who is there. Or, but you, we have bashed Nicodemus so. But some of us will not even have gone. But Nicodemus, I'm just trying to paint a certain picture. That, yes, you just look. Sometimes you may not go as boldly as you want to, but still come. 
still come. Still come. Okay? And then the, the, the truth, so I, I wanted to read the whole thing because it was like Jesus and Nicodemus were having two different conversations. Nicodemus would say one, it's like the woman at the world, Jesus he said, give me living water. It's like, and so I realized that, you see, Jesus is the truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. So we'll go more into that, Jesus, but that's what I'm talking about now. I just wanted to know that truth does not really, I don't want to use the word here, mm-hmm. but truth will always say what it has to say, irrespective of what you want to hear. It doesn't matter what you want to hear. Truth will speak what it has to speak. Because sometimes what, the, what Nicodemus was asking and what Jesus was saying, it didn't really match. And you could see that at a point the man was getting a bit confused. You see, so truth does not necessarily it, truth will tell you because you may think that this is my issue. This is my problem. If you can solve this one for me. But when you go through to tell you something different, now unless you are born of water and of, of the spirit, you, you understand what I'm saying? And even when you are truth you always speak that way. So I, truth is not an easy thing to sometimes recognize and to see. Night, but like example, what, what I'm talking about, people are trying to understand what I'm saying. Like, what is he saying? I mean, it's like it's like that. And then the other thing is that truth is also harsh. Truth does not. You see, Jesus um, told Nicodemus, "Ah, but you, are you, are you teach the people, and you don't understand this simple thing." I think if it were some of us, our pride. You see, the thing about when we talk about and it doesn't hurt us, but once the thing becomes personal, once once the thing becomes personal, you understand? It's it's a it's a because this is an old man who has been doing that. Then Jesus, a man who is 33 years, looks like that. But you don't understand these common things. Ah, and you are a teacher of Israel. That alone. And then he goes on to say that I am telling you things that are even of earthly this you don't understand. What if I start telling you about heavenly things? You don't understand. So the truth is 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 is, is something that when it comes, it it challenges it challenges who you are it challenges every aspect of your life and so this morning I just want us to look at truth and grace or grace and truth You know, when you meet Jesus, the things that Jesus says, sometimes it is difficult to understand and it's difficult 
you do even. That is why you need grace to be able to, to do that. And that is why the two go hand in hand. So when you read John and, and so let us go, John 1 14, he says and the flesh and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten son of the father full of grace and truth full of grace and truth full of grace and truth because when you encounter truth without grace it is a very traumatic thing it can it can it can it can it, it can rather than letting the truth work on you to do that which it has to do in your life it would rather probably let you go the other way because you see when you to accept truth it means you must admit you were wrong oh you don't understand to accept truth you must admit you were wrong you must admit that perhaps I have been deceived you must admit that perhaps I have acted foolishly but people, human beings, we don't admit such things easily. We, 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 how many people find it so easy to admit that they have done the wrong thing? We don't. You know, in, 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 to admit you are wrong, it is like you, you, you are um, trying to, it, it is like trying to change that which you have always believed to be the truth. And try, it's like trying to amputate a part of that. You want to cut a part of yourself off. So many people, we can't, in the face of truth, it is difficult for us because pride sets in. To admit you were wrong. The reason why people don't admit they are wrong, even in the face of all the evidence is pride. Unless you're a politician. Then you just have to defend your point. Even if they give you evidence, you see that thing is not good, that's all. But beyond that, it's, it's pride. Like they show you the evidence, they show you evidence. But to admit that the thing you were wrong, like, the best you will get is that you will try and equalize the thing. Okay? And so that there will be like a partial thing. I cannot totally be wrong. You see, yes, I was this, but, but, you see, you had a but. But the, that is even more dangerous than not even admitting. Because that is greater deception. That what you are doing is not so bad, but it's bad. So we don't usually admit. 
So when you encounter truth, without grace, it rather hardens a person. It infuriates people. It makes people resist more. It makes people, I'm telling you, and the more you hear the truth and there is no grace, you become, it's like you become a hardened criminal. That's why they have that phrase, hardened, they are criminals. Then they are hardened criminals. The hardened criminals are those who have been in the job for a long time. And neither punishment hmm, that is going to jail, beatings, even threats of death, neither kind deeds, people trying to help them, they don't change them. They still continue in that thing. The good you want to do, rather come and rob you. the church and take all the instruments. It's a true story. Some people were helping somebody that came from prison, say reform, they took him in the church, helping him, helping him, helping him. One day they came, so they packed all the, the whole show. They packed, they packed the whole, like, the, the, the owner of the things has come. And he's packed the things, put it in cash. Hey! Adam! So many of us will become hard. That is why sometimes when you have been in church and all those, the gospel they must preach for you to change. I don't know who preach it. That's why all we say is it takes grace. Yeah. Because no, I don't know which preacher and what miracle he will do that will change you. So truth the absence of grace is difficult. It is difficult one because the person will not accept it. And secondly, the person will not apply it because truth, after it is accepted, must be applied. So rather the truth becomes an obstacle. That is why. So let's read, let, let me give you some examples. So when you read First Peter chapter 2, verse 7 to 8, it says that therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. He's talking about Jesus. He is precious. So the truth, Jesus, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When the truth comes to those who believe, that truth is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And so, you see, they have rejected it, but to some people, it's still precious to us. And it says that a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble being disobedient to the way to which they also were appointed. The same thing that is precious to you to them it has become an offense and a stumbling block 
It is rather a stone of stumbling. And an offense. So anytime they hear truth, they hear truth, it becomes an offense. It infuriates them. They find ways to to prove that you are wrong. Instead of accepting it, they will look for loopholes and try and tell you why what you are saying is wrong and why their life is not as bad as you are making it seem. And they will justify themselves. And every time they do that, they will become hardened and hardened and hardened. Are you here? Yeah. So the truth is not easy. And once it comes, you must accept it. And you must apply it. The next question when you hear the truth is that what should we do? When you read Acts chapter 2, when Peter preached the sermon, he said, and the people, they were cut to their heart. And the next word that came out of their mouth is that what shall we do or what should we do? And people, they'll sit here quietly and they say, powerful message. No. The truth is not meant to be acknowledged. It is meant to be applied. Like somebody said, the armor of God is not meant to be steady. It is meant to be used. I'm not interested in your accolades. After all, these are not my words. Neither is Jesus interested in your accolades. Jesus is interested in the application of what you have learned. The acceptance and the application. Oh, I like the when you the message is good though. I, I don't care. I don't care if it's good or not. It's irrelevant. It's not important. We are not here to find out how many people like preaching. I've stopped asking that question. Ask my wife. When we started at first, and I was happy that I asked her, how would I've stopped. It's been like how many years? After the last time I asked her, how would I've stopped. I don't want to know. I don't need to know. You come and tell her that, that was a powerful message. Don't you remember who said that? Because I'm not interested. It's the acceptance and the application. Not nice flowing words and so it's nice and correct. Are you? So there's a question we do. But because truth can be difficult, can be harsh, that is why you need grace. And that is why he says that the word became flesh. Jesus, full of grace, you need it in equal measure. The same source 
that gives you the truth is the same source that gives you the grace. Otherwise, it will be like you go to a restaurant and then you say that it's a restaurant. When you go, you say we want rice and chicken stew. Then they'll serve you the rice and say, as for the chickens, you have to go outside like three houses. The stew is there. You are saying, hey, yeah. If the truth comes without any grace, then that is what is happening. But it is like the rice and the stew. They must be from the same source. So when truth comes, grace must come. The problem is that many people hear the truth and then they resolve to change. You cannot change. Because that which the truth is asking of you, by your strength, you cannot do it. So they hear messages, they say, the way the thing I will tell you, I'm determined. How many of you have not determined before? You're all laughing. You answer the question. You have determined this semester, this year, New Year resolution, they don't go there. You have resolved. Because the pastor preached them. And usually, messages on 31st, they are powerful. Powerful. The ones that can scare you. Then you resolve. And you are determined that the thing, no? Hey! This year, even if my leg will break, I will kick the ball. It is because you want to use your strength. The truth of Christ cannot be. You see, that it, that is why it is from the same source. You cannot get the truth from one source and go and get the grace from another source. So Jesus, full of grace and truth, he has come. So that you have the grace to one, accept, and that same grace to use to apply. Are you here? Or you've left? You've left spiritually. I just hear bodily. Your soul and your spirit have left the building. Yeah, I'm just waiting for me to finish. Then they will come back and we will work out together. <laughs> Grace and truth. So when you find truth, there is grace also there. And when grace and truth come together, then you see the miracle of changed lives. You see the miracle of growth. You see the miracle of transformation. You see the miracle of people whose lives and destinies are now in line with that of the Father. So when you hear it and you don't understand or you hear it and it seems difficult, It will look difficult. But remember, there is grace. 
you have not been left. It says full of grace. Full, it means if there is a limit to grace, Jesus says that he carries it all. If grace can be quantified, he is not part, partly full of or partly having grace. But he is full of it. The fullest that there can ever be. And he is here to give you that grace, to help you. Because some of the things you are saying, we have heard it many times. The thing is that we have we want to use our strength. Want to use your strength. It will not work. It cannot work. But where there is grace, sometimes it looks like it's not working, but it's working. It looks like the beginning was some way. It looks like the thing it happened like Nicodemus. But when you read the encounter of Nicodemus, it didn't end in chapter 3. But many people don't know that because they don't even read the Bible further down. And this is the one that their pastor has preached that they themselves they know. So they don't know that they are, the, 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 the Bible tells more of this man Nicodemus. Let's just read. Who wants to know what happened to Nicodemus? The rest of you don't want to know. So let's go four chapters down. So let's go to John chapter 23. So John chapter 7, verse 15. So let's read from 45 so that we can be finishing soon. It says that then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees and said to them, why have you not brought him? They are talking about Jesus. The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisee asked, answered them, Are you also deceived? Are any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Then 15 says, Nicodemus, into but they want you to know that is that same Nicodemus. Says, he who came to Jesus by night, being and knows what, uh, sorry, being at night, being one of them, said to them, Does our Lord judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? Then they answered and said to Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. The man who came in the night, Nicodemus, this time in the midst of the people, when they were accusing Jesus, said that, why are you people accusing this man? You have not even heard him. You have to give him the chance. He was the only one who spoke. But you condemned him. How many of you, when the whole class is saying this, can lift up your hand and say, no. That thing, let's do it this way. Even if you want to say it, we don't grab a shishet. Say that, hey! How would they think of me? 
Or what will they think of me? How will they see me? Hey! Me, I should go and say this. No, 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 no. So you, you are like, like your heart is beating. Look up, say, 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 say it. I said, Nenka, Nenka, Nenka. Because look at their response. Say, you, what is wrong with you? Are you also from Galilee? Don't you know that this is and then when you read further down when Jesus died in John 19 verse 38 after this Joseph of, Ar- of Arimathea being a disciple of Jesus but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, that's for that one, they always, this is the Nicodemus, also came bringing a mixture of mare and aloe, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. So when Jesus died, and there were no disciples, all the twelve Vamus, there was there were nowhere to be found. It was Nicodemus and some people who carried the body of Jesus. He brought the things that they would use to do the embalming. So you may come, Nicodemus, you may not be, but come. But by all means, come. Come and meet Jesus. Come and meet the truth. And when you meet the truth, there will be grace. I hear. I said there will be grace. There will be grace for you to accept the truth and not become hardened. And there will be grace for you to apply it to apply it in your lives. Such that you will not just be somebody who listens, but you will be somebody who does. You will not be the people who are in church who hear announcements, but you never even pay attention. Because you have made up your mind that the thing is not for you. It is for some people. The activities in the church, it is not for you. The things that they talk about, it is not for you. After you, you have decided how Christianity is. But this morning, I'm telling you that your truth is not necessarily the truth. When truth finds you, are you ready to say, I was wrong? I was foolish. I had been deceived. Can you admit that to yourself? It will take grace. As young as you are, the pride in you is a lot. The only thing you have are shoes and clothes. But your pride is a lot. In a few weeks, but your pride is a lot. Then what if you build a house and buy a car? Then you travel first class. Who can preach to you? Huh? Who can preach to you? If you are staying in your own house, 
had your own money, could afford anything you wanted, who can, who, who can invite you to church? Who can tell you that this thing, even at this time? But there is grace. Hallelujah. If there is, there was hope for Nicodemus, an old man, then for you who is younger and fresher, and you have not become hardened, there is grace. You want to rise to your feet this morning and you just want to pray. You just want to speak. This, this sentence, we are talking about truth and its application in our lives. We are talking about truth and how it affects us. I want you to look at these Bible characters through your own eyes. Through your own eyes. Don't like, don't let it be stories. Don't let it just be stories. Apply them. Apply them to yourself, to your life. You just want to pray. God has spoken to you. If you don't know what to pray about, then I can't help you. You must be able to know. You've heard the word. What did the word teach you? What is the word telling you? As a person, I'm not going to tell you what to pray for. What did the word tell you? What truth did you admit? What are you admitting? What are you admitting? Or you have you've started negotiating already. Now the thing is like this, but it is not like that. Oh, it is so, but this. It is like this, but that. It like, can be like that, but however, you are, you, are, you, are, you are punctuating all your statements and sentences with but. Oh, Jesus. You want to pray to God. As God has spoken to you, when you come to church, you want us to tell you everything, including even what to pray about. So at this time, pray that this, pray that this. No. What did you hear? What did the Holy Spirit teach you? Or you just sat down and you got nothing. So you don't know what to pray about. You want to talk to God. You talked about grace and truth. How does that affect you personally? How do you relate to it personally? Because what I tell you to pray about is not how the Holy Spirit has convicted you this morning. However, there's one thing that I can tell you, and I will ask of you, that if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, and as you are learning about grace and truth, there is grace for you to be saved, because truth has come to you, and you need to meet that man, Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. 
if you are here and you have heard this word and you know that you need to give your life to Christ yes it may be difficult it may be hard but I want you to lift up your hands however you do it so that I can pray with you we always talk about Nicodemus and we look down upon him and say that oh he wasn't praying, he came at night and he was this, he was you too, are you bold enough even though the eyes are closed are you bold enough to lift up your hand and say Jesus today I surrender to you if you heard the message and you know it don't rationalize it and say that oh no maybe it's not that bad me. what I need is read education and not when that read education you want to come to Jesus again Lift up your hand, let me pray with you. You know that you are far away from him. You don't know him. He's not your Lord, he's not your Savior. Can you accept this truth? Just lift up your hand wherever you are. Let me pray with you quickly. Lift up your hand quickly. Last chance. If you are here, you've not given you've not given your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. We thank God for all the saved lives here. The truth is applied. And I pray that this will not be something you hear. I'm going to do whatever you used to do. That would be very sad. And every time you do that, you are hardening yourself. You are hardening yourself. You are hardening yourself. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for blessing us with your sweet words. I pray that let these words work something in us. Let it do amazing. May our story change because we accepted this truth. May our lives be transformed because we applied this truth. May we, O oh God, become the children that you want us to be. May our pride not get in the way, but may we accept these truths and may we run with them. I thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. I commit your children into your hands. We pray, O oh God, that even as they go through this, we be with them. 